What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Benelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo, Dimantobano. Fellas, how are we doing? We got a very, very, very exciting team rebuilding episode for the fans. We're doing the Houston Texans today. How are we feeling, fellas? Yeah, fucking amped for this one. We think it's going to be a fresh take. Our boy Ray over here set forth a pretty awesome outline, and it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be pretty interesting. Hopefully, we can make them a Super Bowl winner. Yeah, I think it's good. yeah, I think this gonna be a fun little segment that we can do with uh, all these shitty teams. Uh, it'll be fun to think put our put our uh, GM caps on and try to fucking fix this absolute abortion of a team. Right. And uh for any NFL team out there, these are applications that we're throwing out here too. So you see this rebuild that we're doing, you know. We're available to if you want to bring us in. We don't have to get paid anything either. Yeah, we're strictly <laughs> volunteer. Just put us on the staff. <laughs> um but yeah, this should be a fun little exercise that we get to do especially now um with week 17 winding down tonight's Monday night football big game uh between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals, but we're on the cusp of draft season, fellas. So uh, these rebuilding episodes should be fun. We're going to keep these rolling throughout the off season during draft season. Um, but let's get right into it with the Houston Texans. Um, nobody expected this to be a really successful season for the Texans. They're two thirteen and one right now and hold the number one pick. However, they do play the Indianapolis Colts in Week 18, who have lost six straight um, after Jeff Saturday won his first game as the interim head coach. Um, and if they were to win and the Chicago bears who play the Vikings, who the bears have also lost nine straight, um, going into their week 18, uh, matchup, they would fall to the two spot if they did end up winning in Chicago one. Um, so a big game this upcoming weekend, um, for both of those teams in week 18, uh, in terms of 2022, they came in with a ton of draft capital. Uh, they had six picks in the top 107. All those guys are playing meaningful snaps outside of John Mechie due to his battle with leukemia. Um, they did move picks 68, 108, and 124 in this year's upcoming draft to move up 24 spots for Mechie. Um, they are hopeful that he will get on the field next year, which will be really nice for him um, and obviously for this team that desperately needs wide receivers. Um, this year was a big audition year for, for Davis Mills, who played a lot, uh, last year played well at the end of last year and was hopefully, uh, they wanted to see progress from him, but this young offense really struggled. And it's clear that quarterback is in play for Houston with the number one overall pick and anywhere else. And their second pick in the first round that they hold from Cleveland. Um, they rank bottom 10 in total passing yards, touchdowns, and have thrown the second most interceptions this year. Um, just to recap on that 2022 draft that I've mentioned, um, Derek Stingley, they took with the 103. Kenyon Green, they took with 115. Jalen Petrie, really nice safety. Um, they took in the second round. Mechie, they took in the second round. Christian Harris, linebacker from Alabama, who's playing a lot of snaps now. Uh, they took in the third round. And then Damian Pierce, the running back from Florida, they took in the fourth round. Um, so, Ray, a lot to unpack there. But this team is young. They still have a lot, a lot of needs for this roster. Um, where do you want to start? I mean, I think starts with this uh, this past draft class. I think I think they, I, I mean, 
I know like they probably would much rather have Sauce than Stingley at that three pick, but he's still a super talented cornerback. He's going to be able to play in this league, I think. Uh, he's a matchup nightmare when it comes to third downs. He's going to be he's a sticky man coverage guy. Uh, I think that what they did best in the, that last draft, they really um, everyone I feel like speculated before the draft that the Casario uh, regime wants to build back to front on that defensive side of the ball, and they really did do that. Uh, Stingley and Petrie are two huge building blocks for that secondary where. I think it kind of takes a little bit of pressure off where you at least you have some uh, if there's there's some sort of a clear vision of what they want to do and they have guys who are performing well I know Jalen Petrie doesn't really grade out that well uh in like PFF and whatnot but the guy has 130 tackles this year five picks and he can play all over that defensive back so I think he's gonna be a good a real big key for them for a long time and then obviously Damian Pierce a guy who was criminally underutilized at Florida uh, really had a solid rookie year. Uh, I think he's probably done for – he's not going to be playing the rest of the season, obviously, but yeah, he's gone. 930 yards as a rookie, a fourth-round rookie. He runs angry as hell, and you can just – he's going to be there for a couple of years. He'll, he's going to be a guy. Whether he's going to be a bell cow getting the ball as much as he has this year, that's to be seen, but he's definitely someone that they can uh, help give that offense a little bit of identity, especially with a rookie quarterback at the helm next year. Right. Dean, how do you feel about the, the makeup of this team right now? Yeah. I mean, as you said at the jump, to no surprise, this team, you know, kind of had the se- season that most people thought they would. Yeah, there was a little hope and a little holdout, obviously, that Mills would continue how he looked towards the end of last season, where he looked like he could actually be a player and someone who could you potentially run out there and maybe he could develop and become your potential franchise quarterback that ended up that ended up not obviously happening. And, you know, for obvious reasons, this is a team that's going to need the most robust and probably comprehensive rebuild in the league. That's why they're number one. Obviously the bears are right there knocking on the doorstep of the first overall draft pick, but they obviously have Justin Fields who has been nothing short of a stud this year for uh, honestly I mean how he's just been running the ball is honestly ridiculous but they're 31st in the league in points scored and the 26th in the and you know in the league in points allowed this season and Ray very you know put it great they they wanted to really attack this defense rebuild by going you know back to front and you know I have a good amount of statistics here that prove that they're doing a great job at that Currently, you know, and it, I see it as the only positive for this team. And that is that the, their ability to get to the quarterback has been surprisingly towards the middle of the pack of 7% sack percentage. I attest that not to their talent at edge. I attest that to the talent in the back end of their defense. Uh, that's 12th in the league. And then they're only allowing 209 yards per game through the air, which also ranks 12th in the league. Like I said, that's the one positive. And that may Outside. be a little that, that that may be a little um uh inflated, I guess, because they're probably they're always fucking uh yeah. down big. Oh, so oh without a doubt. I was just gonna kind of I was just kind of bring that up because this is also a defense that's their thirtieth in yards allowed per game um through the air. Or no no thirtieth in yards allowed per game, just in general. But they're only only two teams that beat them out in that is Minnesota and Detroit, and that's obviously they're letting up more because of their explosive offenses, respectively, being in, you know, being involved in extremely high-scoring games, which we've seen a ton between those two. Um, they are 32nd, though, in rush yards allowed per game at 168, which is 
overwhelmingly the most. I think it is by like 15 yards or so. They can't actually stop one of us from running the football. I'm <laughs> guaranteed in that fact. Offensively, they're 32nd in yards per game, 31st in yards in rush yards per game, and 31st in yards per attempt. Thank they're probably thanking the Bucks who actually can't run for shit, but that's at 3.8 per touch. Uh, really just crazy as it seems. This this team is also tied for sixth in the league in takeaways with 24, which we talked obviously before we started, which truly attests to just how horrible this team is considering they lose by an average of 8.2 points per game. So, I mean, looking forward, and we're going to get into it, but uh, luckily for this team and for Casario, you know, they do have considerable amount of draft capital and cap space to potentially get this job done. I definitely want to see us go. Uh, is it time now we go to, uh, I guess, draft? Uh, no, we'll, we're going to uh, get to some, some free agents, some other stuff too. Um, but right right before we started, we were talking about Lovey Smith possibly possibly being on the hot seat. Um, pretty tough not to be after a 2-13-1 start. But um, if they do let him go, where do you think that leaves the direction of this team? Obviously, a lot of it matters on the a GM that they bring in or a head coach that they bring in. Um, but you saw from this past draft class – this was a Lovey Smith type of draft. Um, so do you think that changes how they view the draft um, or any insight you want to give there? I don't know. I think that I feel like Casario is going to be there still. Uh, I feel like he was kind of really the architect of that draft. I feel like Lovey Smith was always going to be more of like a transitory coach. Like he wasn't going to be there for the long haul, kind of just uh, maybe trying to establish a culture and like groom up some of their young guys. But it's a little weird that he's just going to be a one and done again. I think that's kind of defeats the purpose. Like why not? I think like if you're going to hire a head coach, you should be getting someone who's going to be there for the long haul too. Uh, that being said, I feel like someone like Dan Quinn would make a lot of sense. Who's been around the block has coaching experience and can really coach a defense up. I feel like this defense in particular, um, they need a little bit of new blood of talent, obviously, but Dan Quinn runs a similar scheme. I feel like to Lovey Smith, so it could translate a little bit easier. Uh, I don't know. It's a good question though. It's going to, I mean, for all we know that they could go hire fucking like, Todd Bowles if he gets fired and they just changed the entire fucking episode of the outlook of this fucking episode. So <laughs> I guess we'll see. Right. I feel like it'd be absolutely ridiculous. I, I get it. If you're, you know, obviously you say Dan Quinn, cause he's probably going to be the quintessential uh, coach and, you know, hire that's going to happen this off season. You think that word was used correctly? Probably not. But, um, so. but he, uh, but he's going to be probably the most sought out sought after. That's kind of what I was going for. And if they do get that opportunity, I see them pouncing on it. But anything short of that, hire uh, firing, you know, Lovey Smith here in a for a team that was obviously horrible and going to do poorly would be absolutely ridiculous in my in my opinion. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, what, another um, name. Another name. Quick. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's would be interesting. I feel like a former player. I feel like he could get that locker room up too. I feel like it'd get, bring a little oh, energy dude. into that uh, team. He's yeah. Be a scary coach. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's oh, really going to be interesting. Go ahead, Ray. Gerard, uh, Gerard Mayo, too, I feel like, um, would have to be up there as well. Fucking Patriot guy, too. I feel like Casario would love that. Yeah. Sometimes it's tough bringing in, like, these really young coaches to coach really young teams. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of tough for, like, everybody to learn at the same time. Um, so I do think it's probably smart for them to keep Lovey at, at least another year because, honestly, they could really punt – 
on next year too. You got 47 million in cap space. You have 12 picks in this upcoming draft. And next year in the 2024 draft, you also have Cleveland's first round pick. So you have two firsts in the 2024 pick. Um, so really you could punt on this, on this year too. Um, and then go get the coach that you want and have, have your team kind of set up. Um, but we can get into all of that. Let's kind of move on to uh, the Texans, their free agents. Um, like I said, they have the seventh most cap space projected in 2023 with 47 million. Um, a few guys, Rasheem Green, um, Rasheem Green, pass rusher, Jonathan Owens, um, Ojibana Akamoro um, are the three notable guys. Um, not a ton of production from them, but between Green and uh, Ojibana, they I think it was the second and third most sacks on the team. Um, so Ray, where do you want to where do you want to start with these free agents? I think these are the three guys that they probably need to bring back. Um, and we obviously know with the Tunzo contract, they do have an out for this year. I think it's 16 million in dead cap, but he did he did say that he wants to set um the new tackle standard in this next upcoming contract. So he he's looking for a new deal. And the other notable name that we have is uh, is Brandon Cooks. He's owed twenty six million against the cap, and will be thirty. And he has an out in twenty twenty four. That's around eight and a half million. Um, so that could be a possible player that they're looking to trade. Yeah. So I mean, I think it starts. I think this offseason is going to start with that uh, Laramie Tunzel decision. Uh, like you said, he he's going to most like most likely he's going to set the record again for that uh, offensive tackle uh, contract. He this last contract he signed was three uh, three years, sixty six mil. So I mean he's gonna have to reset the market again. Right. I'm curious what he's gonna like what he's gonna get go for on the trade I, market. I was looking at uh, on the trade market. I wasn't sure, but in contract contract wise, I mean he was he wanted to set the standard again. He's Over third Trent right. Williams, right? Yeah, he's third right now. Um, Trent Williams is making 23 a year, so it's probably pushing in that 25 to 26 million dollar a year range. Um, which is a lot for a team that isn't contending. Um, so yeah, it'll be a really interesting decision. I, I think he's gone personally. I don't think I don't I'm think assuming that, that it's a, a, a one and a two for him. It's just tough that um, like a team that's going to trade for him has to then go and pay him that much too. So I'm wondering yeah. how that's going to um, affect the value. I feel like it's got to start with a one, but I also at the end of the day, I don't know if I'd be overly surprised if. It just uh, like a, a package of like day two picks and maybe a future first too. I don't know. I feel I'm curious to see how it's gonna go. When he got traded from the Dolphins the last time, he went for two ones and a two, and then he got the, he got that uh, extension like I think the year after. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's curious. He's only, he's only gonna be 29 too, so he's right in the prime of his career and he's easily a top five tackle. So good like for him. Start. By the way, it, it's hard not to think back on draft day when it's uh, <laughs> the I gas mask. Who, yeah, like, picture of him in a gas mask made him lose a fuck ton of money, and now he's just setting the standard uh, for for obviously tackles as far as money goes back-to-back. Back. Good for him. Yeah, so obviously th- those two names um, are going to be big all offseason. I can really see Brandon Cooks getting moved. Uh, um, he's weird, though, because he doesn't. there's like no out in that contract. I think it's like uh, 34 in dead money if they move on from him. So yeah. I don't know the intricacies of like how it works in like a trade scenario. If like they can, like the team well, you can have the team pay for part of the uh, the cap, 
which I'm assuming it's you're you're moving him to some sort of contender, I think. A team that might need a, a third wide receiver or something like that, and maybe you get, you know, a couple of you know, a, be a, really a day two pick and a day three pick for him just to get the money off of your. I think it's a day three pick, really. I think it's more. I'll be honest, with so you know, you know, where I think a really good spot for Cooks is probably the Ravens. I can see that. Yeah, that would make that, that. Make some, that makes some sense there. Gives me like Steve Smith vibes towards the he, end of his career. At the same, I don't think they're. I, I also don't think that they have to move on from him though. I mean, he's. No, been, I, I don't think they do. Six years of it. Six of his nine years, he's been a thousand yard receiver. Those other years, he's obviously been banged up a little bit. He's been super uh, consistent. I feel like it's being a good, uh, a good target half for a young QB too. Like you don't really need to move on from him here. I feel. I actually, I'm even gonna say, I think I expect them to keep him. Yeah, it, it's just curious because they they did try to move him this yeah. year. Um, so I mean, you would assume that they're still trying to field calls from teams. Um. Because if you can cut it any, if you can cut your cap anyway, um, especially for a really young team like this, that they don't need to pay Brandon Cooks twenty million dollars. Um, so it'll be interesting. To, it'll be interesting to see. Um, so that's kind of their free agent uh, and their cap space issues right now. Or well, go, uh, those free agents that you talked about too. I think the really the yeah. two that they should target. I think uh, Rasheem Green. They have to. I feel like they should try to bring him back. We talk about their issues on the front, and he's he's only twenty five years old, so he can play all he can play up and down that front too. He can, he can move inside on passing downs. He's a, a versatile player. Uh, he shouldn't cost that much, and he's obviously like I said, he's super young. So this like this uh, his potential is still like it's still great there. I think it'd be a good fit, like a good um, person to try retain. And then also Jonathan Owens, uh, he started all sixteen games this year. He's played in. Uh, I feel like it'd be good to bring him back too, just to keep that continuity on the back end. We said that they're super young back there. Uh, I feel like a veteran like him, he's 28 years old, who's having the, who just had the best year of his career. I think it'd be a good person to retain too. And neither, neither of those guys are going to break the bank. So I feel like, I feel like continuity for a young struggling team is uh, a good thing. Right. Um, and then the other guy I mentioned, Agbenita Kamoro. Um, he's got five sacks this year. He's 27. Um, so that could be another guy that, that they retain. I mean, he's second on the team in, in sacks behind Jerry Hughes, who's fucking 39 years old. Wild. Uh, so they, they need some they need some juice on that on that defensive line desperately. Um, so those are kind of three guys that, that maybe they retain, and then we'll see what happens with the Tunzel and the, and the Brandon Cook situation and see how their cap – ultimately plays out um but just looking at that 47 million in cap right now um let's take a look at a couple guys that they could go after in this free agent class um where do you guys want to start honestly i think it i think it all i think everything all the chips should be pushed in on deron Payne personally who just had you know an absolute amazing year and is an absolute disruptor when it comes to the run game and he's just, he would be an amazing presence in the middle of that D line almost immediately. I think you're pushing all your chips in on that. Then, then maybe Schultz, Dalton Schultz. I feel like everyone, I feel like for every rebuild, we're going to say the team should target Dalton Schultz though. He's going to be, he'd be a great asset, especially a great security blanket for your young quarterback that you're going to, you know, draft with the number one overall pick to have as well. Yeah, I really right. like I, I like the idea of uh, going after Schultz a lot. Um, I don't know if Payne makes the open market. I think after a year like he's had, he probably won't. 
Yeah, I don't know because they've paid they've paid a ton to that defense. They paid a ton for Jonathan Allen, and they're gonna pay Chase Young, and I think they also paid uh, Montez Sweat. Um, I also had Deron Payne listed down, but I also had um, Javon Hargrave down um, as another possible interior guy. He's a little little older, uh, might be a good veteran presence for them. But Dean, I'm I'm with you that they need to upgrade that yeah, that Deron interior Payne defensive line. He's um, an absolute stud this year. And I feel like Javon Hargrave might hit the open market just because they they drafted Jordan Davis last year. Fletcher's getting old; those guys are kind of getting up there. Um, okay, so we had some interior defensive line. Dalton Schultz. Anybody else that, that you guys like? Uh, I think Isaiah Wynn would be uh, make a lot of sense too, especially if they end up moving on from uh, Tunzel. Uh, Casario was in New England, I think, when uh, Wynn was drafted. He can play tackle. If, um, and if they move on from Tonzo, which we're assuming they do, but even if they don't, he can kick inside the guard too. He's got that versatility. And I think just like the, the um, familiarity with the front office, I think this is someone who is still super young. I think he's only 26, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he's not, the type, I don't think he's going to, like he's going to hit the open market. I, I think they declined that fifth year option. I don't think he's going to, um, he's not like a tag candidate, not that I would assume. So I feel like uh, maybe, like probably that contract's probably gonna look like something Conklin got on the open market, like around four for sixty, which is reasonable, especially if he can slide right into play and play left tackle. So I think it helped really solidify that line. Right, Dean. You got anybody else that you want to mention? Um, a little bit under the radar, but it wouldn't be a horrible idea to maybe try and go get Marcus Davenport. Uh, I mean, obviously he was a previous one and a first round pick, and he, you know, was only I think he's only like twenty six, twenty seven. But if you could get him on a favorable deal for a few years, this could be a guy who could do a you know play you know seventy percent of snaps and uh, like Ray said, could be like a three four year continuity guy while you're rebuilding. I like yeah, I like that. I like those uh like the flyers on some like um high upside guy. Yeah. I think I had like Art Arden Key is someone I thought of too. And then also if uh let's just assuming pain if they can't get pain like whether he gets tagged and stays in Washington I think they do need they obviously need to address the interior of that defensive line and just beef it up uh, I think someone like Puna Ford he's like a good run stopper we could really help shore up that part of their game or someone like Larry Ogunjobi who I really like too so and right. those those are guys who are going to be on the cheaper side and they're more um more culture they're not going to be getting after the pass rusher that much but it really just helps striking that unit as a whole. Right. Well, yeah. I, have a, I have a quick question. Um, I know we're not there yet, but I'm like itching to talk about it. Um, and I feel like we're going let's, to be. Let's leave the draft stuff until we okay, get. Okay. Fuck. Fine. Um, just a few. We're we're almost there. Don't worry. Okay. Dean. Okay. My bad. My bad. I know. You're like a little kid in the candy store. Yeah. I know. I wanted to do it. <laughs> I wanted to do it immediately after we talked about the season. Um. Just just a, just a few <laughs> other guys. Just a few other guys that I had I had listed down. Um, I, I really think they need to to strengthen this offensive line, especially the interior. Um, obviously, depending on what happens with Tunsley, you, you may end up looking at a tackle or two. Um, but for centers, uh, Garrett Bradbury's had an awesome year. Don't know if he hits the open market. He's really important to to what Minnesota does, but really like him as a player. Um, think that would be a really good fit. Um, also, Bradley Bozeman, who got a one-year deal, hasn't had the best year. Um, but he did play well for Baltimore in the past. And uh, right now they're, they're trotting out Scott Quesenberry, um, who currently has a 26 pass block grade on PFF. Um, and he has multiple games under 10, which is absolutely pathetic. 
um, for a guy you're trotting out there to basically be the captain of your offensive line. Um, so I think they could really benefit uh, upgrading the center position. Um, also possibly looking at a guard, somebody young like Dalton Reisner, um, who's gotten like limited opportunities, um, but think he does have some talent. Um, and then the last guy I mentioned, the wide receiver market is kind of slim. Um, obviously not sure what's going to happen with, with Mechie or um, what they do with Cooks, but um, I feel like a guy like DJ Chark, who just got a one-year deal from Detroit, um, still a young player. You can bring him in for another one-year deal just to to help this receiving core um, and just get a field stretcher that, that they really need with some size because Brandon Cooks, obviously, isn't the biggest receiver. Um, I feel like they kind of already have Nico Collins for that role. Yeah, but he's, like not, kinda... he's, not, he's not really a field stretcher, though. Yeah. He's just like a big – he's just like a, a big-bodied, like, kind of target. Like, he doesn't run that many routes down the field. Um, he they they honestly like to keep him like kind of in some of the underneath and like uh like the intermediate areas of the field. They don't they don't really throw the ball to him too much downfield. Um, but yeah, the, the wide receiver market's really really slim in, in free agency next year. So, um, I do think they need to add some talent, but maybe it's through the draft. All right, yeah, should should be interesting. They got they got some money to to work with. Um. But let's talk about the draft now. Um, I mentioned at the top, they have 12 picks. They have pick number one right now, and they have pick number 12 from the Cleveland Browns. They have six picks in the top 103. Um, and as I was kind of doing some some mocks and looking over some mocks that have been thrown out, um, I had this thought that with them having Cleveland's picks next year as well, that you could be bad this year or in this upcoming 2023 season and wait for Caleb Williams, wait for Drake May, or you go get a guy like Jalen Carter or Will Anderson Anderson with your number one overall pick, and then maybe you take a flyer on Anthony Richardson at 12. Um, So I have a ton of mock drafts right now with with the Houston Texans where I took Bryce – or it took a quarterback and then, you know, you go get an edge like like Terry Wilson or Jared Verse. But then I also have a lot of mocks that are Jalen Carter at one and then Anthony Richardson at number two. And I'm trying to decide which side I like better. Right. What do you think about that? I mean, I think if you I don't think you play the game like that. I think if you have a quarterback in this class that you think is going to be the guy, you just take him at one and don't get too, yeah. don't get too cute. <laughs> uh, I think there could I mean. There's an argument to be made, I guess, maybe of just going best player and don't just passing. If you don't like the quarterbacks, you pass on them this year. And like like you said, they have two first next year where they can always move up and get a guy that they like. But I think it's kind of overblown in like the um, the dialogue around the NFL draft. I don't think teams look at it like that. I think teams want to win as soon as possible. Um, especially now you see like the shelf life of these coaches and uh, execs are just so short. People Teams are just moving on like as quick as possible. So everyone's jobs on the line here. So I think they want to get as yeah. good as possible, as quickly as possible. It, it's really tough. Though. Honestly, nothing, nothing buys you another year, like drafting a young quarterback. Yeah. And then, it, and then you're, you're, you know, you're tied to them. They show yeah. a promise, but your team played horrible. There's a good I, chance. That that I, co- I completely, um, I completely understand every team wants to win. And you said the, sh- the shelf life of these coaches is getting shorter and shorter every year. Um, but at a certain point, as an organization, 
you need to have some self-awareness saying, especially after free agency, you'll, you'll see what your roster looks like before going into the draft. You got to say, are we good enough to compete this year with the roster that we have? And honestly, unless they go out and make 10 moves that are team altering, this team isn't going to be good enough to compete next year. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I don't think you have to be good enough to compete immediately to draft a quarterback, though. I think you, if the, if you have someone that you like that you think is going to fit in your team and system and whatnot, and you have the, I think you have that pieces around them to protect them and so they can succeed as much as possible. But I don't think drafting a quarterback means that they're going to be like you have to compete right away. No, I'm I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying like, um, like possibly taking this year and not drafting a quarterback in the first round. Like if you went Jalen Carter and then you went an edge um, at 12 and you're setting your team up for next year where you do have two firsts and you're going to be bad next year. You're probably picking in the top five again next year. Um, or you have assets to go get a veteran guy. Um, it's it's really interesting how, how these teams operate and, and how teams think. Um I do ultimately think that they're going to end up drafting a quarterback with their first pick, um, but it is interesting to uh, to see teams' thought processes going through this. Um, but for us now, we're going to do a little live mock on the fly. Um, we're only going to do the first three rounds of the mock. Let me just share my screen for the fellas. It says the host disabled the participant screen sharing. So I'll just have to read it out to you guys. Good stuff, right? Oh, my. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. All right. I'm pumped for this. But that, that was going to, that was actually going to be my question that I want to ask you guys because considering we were talking try about. Against, oh, try again, Sauce. Go ahead, Dean. Money. Oh, good. We were talking about that they desperately, desperately need an interior D lineman and, or just a D lineman in general. And, to many you know on on many people and money oh my gosh on many people's big (laughs) boards sorry on many people people's big boards you know Jalen Carter and Will Anderson is almost unanimously at the top of them and a lot of people consider both of these prospects to be all world and you know borderline generational so I was gonna say if they're not if they don't if they're not in love with a quarterback and they're also teased with a little bit of a factor that next year there's going to be, you know, a pretty highly touted quarterback class again, maybe even more highly touted than this one, then, you know, they could be fairly enticed to just go for a Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, like you said, Sauce. I don't think it's out of the question. I definitely think people would be surprised, but I, I, I wouldn't call it a bad move personally. No, and then, I mean, we'll we'll get to the mock right after this, but then you're getting into the scenarios where, you know, maybe you just trade one spot back with Chicago, if it, um, or another team that that's coming up for a quarterback or you know something like that. Um, oh yeah, you could make it. Then you got a whole bunch of opportunities to get more and more more capital. More um, capital as well. That'd be that'd be an ultimate finesse. That would be like that would be uh that'd be like Kevin Costner draft day shit. I love that. He wants his picks back. He wants his picks back. <laughs> He's calling back to Cleveland saying, I want my picks back. <laughs> Vontae, right. no matter what. Let's go. Um, right. What a horrible draft pick that was. Um, all right. <laughs> let's, let's get to this draft. Uh, so we're obviously – we're picking at the 101 right now. Um, 
personally for me, I think we're gonna go, we're gonna go quarterback here. Yeah. Um, I don't know who's everybody's got on their board right now, but my pick right now is for Bryce Young. Same here. Yeah, I think he fits this um this scheme well. I feel like uh, especially like these New England guys always it's always about timing and accuracy and poise. I think he has that in spades. It's just it's gonna be fun to see, or I'm not sure fun's a word, but curious to see how these teams <laughs> um how these teams view the the lack of size. That's obviously the the big question with him. It's just five ten, one eighty. Is that, that's what people are speculating he's going to be. That's just unheard of uh, area. There are going to be teams that just have him off the boards completely because of that. So yeah. I don't. I'm curious to see if the Texans are going to be one of them. I, I I've been saying it all year too. I don't know why. I could just see Will Levis in this spot too. But I agree. Uh, Bryce Young is probably the best uh, QB prospect right now. So. All right. So we're so we're going to take Bryce here. Um, and for the purpose of of these mocks right now, we're not going to make any trades. We're gonna we're gonna hold the picks as is. Um. So we're taking Bryce with the 101. I will read out the picks that that came up more back on the clock. Um, pretty crazy <laughs> that uh, Brian Brian Bercy went uh, went second overall to the Bears. Will Anderson went third. Stroud went fourth. Uh, Jalen Carter went fifth. Will Levis went sixth. Uh, Peter Skronsky went seven. Tanner McKee went eight, which is also kind of crazy. Um, nine was Miles Murphy, 10 was Quentin Johnson and 11 was Tyree Wilson. Um, so before we started, we listed out some, some notable team needs. And honestly, this, the team needs list basically looks like every single position, yeah, uh, maybe out, maybe outside of running back and corner, um, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I still wouldn't even hate if they, if they took a corner in this spot. Um, I do think this second pick needs to be trenches. Um, either on the offensive side or, or the defensive side. Yeah, um, I, think, I think we should. I think we should note here, kind of, you know, different scenarios. Like, for example, you know, obviously, because I think uh, I think Paris Johnson's out there, right? Paris Johnson is available. Like, uh, Roger Jones is available. Anton. Honestly, Anderson. if they if they wanted to, you know, draft Tunzel's replacement, and like we expect him to be gone, and he is gone, I, I would love. I think going, uh, you know, Paris Johnson protecting your. You know, yeah, I mean, you could also move Paris idea, Johnson but... inside too. Um, so I, I do like Paris Johnson here. Um, for the for the defensive line, um, not really in love with any of these guys. I do love me some Jared Verse. Um, none of these other guys, I I think I would draft in this spot. Um, so my selection here would be uh, either between uh, Paris Johnson. Or uh, Jared Verse, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Jared Verse would be a cool pick for the, this team, but I feel like Edge is kind of deep this season, and I feel like especially when you draft just drafted a franchise QB one one, um, I feel like this pick has to go to support him. Um, I don't know. I'm, I just question Paris Johnson. I don't know how he fits entirely with this with offensive scheme. I feel like they kind of like rely on a lot of power running game. Uh, I feel like that's kind of Johnson's weakness right now. I feel like his anchor. And just his overall strength. I feel like a Project Jones here Project makes a lot of Jones, sense. Yeah, probably. Makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know. Obviously, I think um, I, I prefer as a prospect. I prefer uh, Paris, but I think uh, for team fit, I think Project Jones makes a little bit more sense. He's more of a finisher in the run game, uh, and he's got a little bit more power to him. 
I yeah. wrote, I wrote down I wrote down Paris or or uh, or Broderick, so I'm down to go Broderick if you want. Yeah, my only uh, my my thing was for for drafting Paris, especially if you keep Tunzel. You also have Titus Howard, who's played okay, and he's still relatively young. Um, you could move Johnson inside too. He's, he gives you a little bit more flexibility than than Broderick. Um, but obviously, this would happen after free agency, so maybe Tunzel's gone. Um, I think go I think we tackle. Yeah, I think we assume uh, Tunzel is gone in this scenario. And also, okay. I think um, Tyus Howard has inside flexibility, too. I think he filled in for uh, Kenny Green when he was hurt at uh, guard, which is uh, something I guess that could uh, become a factor next year, too, if they have multiple tackles and they just want to get their best five out there. Cool. But I, I kind of like Broderick Jones here. Okay, cool. So we're going to go with Broderick Jones at the 112. Um, as we come up on the second round, I'll read out everybody. Who was picked after us? Nolan Smith was picked at 13. Jordan Addison at 14. Cam Smith, uh, corner from South Carolina, at 15. Anthony Richardson went off the board at 16 to the Patriots. I hate that uh, pick so much. <laughs> I would fucking, I would flip the fuck out. Uh, Michael Mayer went to the to the Jets. Interesting, <laughs> interesting pick there. Um, Keely Ringo at 18 for the second pick for the uh, for the Lions. Jared Verse went 19. Uh, Jalen Jones went twenty. Uh, FAU went to went pick twenty one. Jack Smith and Jigbo went twenty two. Uh, Miami's forfeiting that pick, so the next pick, the Giants took Paris Johnson. Antonio Johnson, the safety, went twenty four. Isaiah Foskey went twenty five. Brian Branch went twenty six. Bijan Robinson went pick twenty seven uh, to the Cincinnati Bengals. Woof. Um, Pick 28 was B.J. Ojolari. Anton Harrison went 29. Um, Josh Downs went 30. And then Christian Gonzalez went 31 to the Philadelphia Eagles. And we are back on the clock to start round two. Um, Dude, call me crazy. A ton of guys here that I that I really like. Obviously, some of these guys are not going to be here um, on draft night, but a couple of guys that we could be looking at Trenton Simpson. I'd love pairing him. That's just freak in the middle um, with Christian Harris. Uh, Osiris Torrance was a guy that I had written down prior to us doing this. Um, thought he could be in play here. If they just want to keep boosting the offensive line, Joey Porter jr. Would love this pick next to Stingley though. That's two freaks on the outside. Um, Siaka Ika. They also need some, some more uh, interior on the defensive line. A um, couple other good corners. Drew Sanders, our our boy is there. Andrew Voorhees. Um, so let's talk through this pick. What, what are we thinking? Call me. So, I mean, I don't think Trenton Simpson would be here, personally. I don't think Trenton Simpson or Joey Porter will be here. I agree. I don't think either of them are, and I don't I don't even want to operate like they are there, to be completely honest with you. I, That's fair. I would not hate just getting Torrance here, but I also really like Siaki so that would be my pick. Yeah, I think Siaki Ika has to be the pick here. I think they got to get tougher up front. And I think um, they're pumped with that pick. Yeah, I think he's he's just a run stopper, and he can also he has an upside as a pass rusher too, just because he's so fucking big and athletic. He's like he's like dude, he's like three sixty or some shit. Yeah, I think he's. I think that's a good building block to start with. With uh, yeah, in the middle of that defensive boy. line. Yeah, for, okay. for the rush ability at his size is very impressive, and he'll and he has potential to be a, a, a fantastic run run stopper which this team desperately needs right i like that pick um i will make the case for torrance you just drafted bryce young like ray said 180 pounds 
You got rid of Laramie Tunzel. You're drafting another rookie tackle. I know it's another rookie, but this guy is a damn good football player. You have him on the opposite guard as Kenny Green. You're building your offensive line, and you give Bryce Young all the tools he needs. Um, that's my case for for Torrance here. But I would not hate Ika because this is the worst run <laughs> defense in the league. Yeah, I think that run deep, they got to be able to stop the run eventually. I think they have to start. Um, they ha- I think it has to be a defensive lineman, to be honest. Okay, cool. We'll go with Ika there at the first pick of the second round. And once this – Don't even – honestly, don't even – yeah, don't read the people that just go here. There's too many picks. <laughs> yeah, I like seeing who went. Um, so we are back on the clock to start the third round. Um, some notable guys at the top. Uh, we just drafted interior, so Gervin Dexter, maybe not on our board. Cody Mock, I really like, uh, but we did draft a tackle. Um, John Michael Schmitz, a really good player. I've watched a little bit of him from Minnesota, and like I said, that, that center position desperately needs an upgrade. Um, can never hurt taking offensive linemen. Um, Zach Harrison possibly is a, as a project as an edge. He's starting to to come along. Jack Campbell, linebacker, really good player. Um, Jalen Hyatt, if you want to get some speed for a wide receiver, um, who do you guys want to want to target here? I feel like um, I, I would like to just double up on the, this defensive front. I think Zach Harrison would be a good edge to give him some length and power. Um, a little versatility. He can kick inside too if he and rush. I think they they don't have anyone on that defensive line that's like him. I think it's going to help their. I would think it would help their team immediately. I would have been shocked if, if uh, Ray said anything other than Zach Harrison there. But he he. Uh, I'm going to be honest. He was he was pretty impressive for uh, for most of the game the uh, the other night. Cool semifinal. Um, I'm yeah, down, I'm down with a little Zach Harrison. I'm with Zach Harrison. Uh, we do also have. Pick 75, 11 picks later. Um, so, excuse me. Uh, just trying to feel the board to play, out a little. Trying to play the board. Trying to, trying to, play, trying to play the board a little bit. See I if, like uh, that. We, I like we, playing we the get board. Some, uh, we can get some value, but we'll go ahead and take Zach Harrison here. I think we can get, um, I think we can get good value at linebacker at that position. I, 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 would, I would like that to be the next pick if possible. Um, I'd also love me some pairing Jameer Gibbs with uh, – I'm. I mean, not even kidding. That's that. That's the pick. Okay, cool. I think that's. I think that's. <laughs> that's a, uh, Jameer Gibbs on, on the board here, pairing him with uh, with Damian Pierce. That's a crazy good one-two punch, and they both balance each other out really well. I think that's. A, um, I think that's a perfect compliment. I was actually in like my notes. I was writing before. I think they do need to address, get another running back too, someone to pair with them. Um, yeah, the way they um, use they use fucking Rex Burkhead so much. Imagine him in the Rex Burkhead role. Yeah, like Pierce's efficiency, I feel like down, like down the stretch was kind of waning too. Or like he's like, I feel like he has his defined role. And like you said, I think um, Gibbs would uh, complement him perfectly. Yeah, Noah Sewell is ranked so far down. Um, I also don't hate him. Yeah. Uh, I just I think like I don't. I don't couple, for them. A couple I other guys I'm looking at: Zay Flowers. Um, I really liked his tape. Um, Tucker Craft. They they do need an, uh, a tight end. Jordan Aikens is a free agent, and honestly, they don't really have any tight ends that they that they go to um, on the roster. So tight end could be in play. You might be able to wait on that. Um, some other running backs that are available. Achain, who's the fastest guy in this draft, I think, uh, at honestly. running back. Um, but Gibbs, I think, makes a lot of sense for us. What, what do we think? 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm down with that. I honestly like I I really like Latu out of out of UCLA. To be honest with you, I didn't know he was there. He's like wildly down. Yeah, he had a good start to the year. He didn't finish but, but, that but well. We just, but we just we, got we just back. Took, we, we just we, got we took Harrison. Back. Yeah. Um, All right. That so, was Jameer Gibbs. So, so we're gonna take we're gonna take Gibbs and here. It, it makes it fun too. We like yeah. to have fun here. I think right. um, other I, I think I know that that was the last pick that we're gonna do in this draft. But I think some other uh, positions. I think we, we mentioned we we're talking about tight end. I think that if, regardless if they signed Dalton Schultz, I think this is a deep tight end class. So on day late day two, uh, day three, they can get a guy who can contribute right away. Like you said, Tucker Kraft would be would have been a really nice pick for them too. And I think, like you said, interior offensive line, they're going to have to invest in that to get some youth there. Uh, I like, the, like potentially a day three pick with Michigan Center. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name because I'll butcher it. But I think that's someone, yeah, I think that's someone who would fit this team really well too. He's he fucking so many uh, games played in college. I think that uh, he'll be able to transition to NFL pretty seamlessly. All right. So looking at our draft grade, we got a B plus. Um, obviously the, the big knock that we got was, uh, was taking Broderick Jones at 12, but I think that's a good building block for our team. Fits the scheme well for, for Houston. Um, maybe a little early, but obviously we'll see how the draft process plays out. But we, we went Bryce Young, uh, with the 101 at the 112, we took Broderick Jones. Um, the first pick of the second round, we took Siaki Ika, um, interior defensive line from Baylor. Uh, first pick of the third round, we took Zach Harrison, edge from Ohio State. And then in the middle of the third round, pick 75, we took Jameer Gibbs, running back from Alabama. That will just give them a ton of added versatility with Damian Pierce. And honestly, he can go line up in the slot if you need him to and go. This is a really, this is a really cool uh, this is a really cool offense now. I like it. And I, I love pairing Bryce Young with some some someone who's com- he's very comfortable with, obviously, and Jameer Gibbs kind of the same way that the Jags got ETN for for uh, for Jesus boy, right? Um, a couple other guys I just wanted to to mention um, some pick targets when I did some mocks um, outside of the the one on one that one twelve pick um, Tyree Wilson Jared Verse who we who had mentioned um, think Edge is definitely in play for them at the one twelve but like like Ray said there's a lot of good edges um, so maybe they wait on that. Um, the second round, Torrance could possibly be there. Um, also thought if Michael Mayer falls, um, you just got to grab first round talent in, in the second round. I uh, think he'd be a really good fit um, in their offense. And then the third round, I did mention John Michael Schmitz, but also possibly uh, Henry Tuotuo, um getting another linebacker with, with some speed and pairing him next to Christian Harris, a guy that he's played with before. Um, so do like that as well. Anybody else that you guys want to mention that could be possible uh, possible targets? No, I think we're I think we're good. Uh, I think Quentin uh, Quentin Johnson would be at, at that one twelve spot if he ends up falling. I think that's someone who could be intriguing. Like you said, they need some field stretcher. He's a big body. I think he's probably going to end up being the first wide receiver that can go. I agree. Uh, I feel I think, like all their wide receivers kind of do the same thing. That that'd be a great one. Good call, Ray. Thanks, right. bro. All right, fellas, that was fun. Um, so that'll wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our first Rebuilding the Franchise episode with the Houston Texans. Um, we're going to keep doing these. Next one we got coming is the Chicago Bears, who are in the second spot. Um, could possibly be in the one spot after this next week. 
um, week 18. So we're going to keep a close eye on that. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at two tackles with the number two and stick with us as we continue this 2022, 2023 season. Fellas, we're almost there. Almost. Yeah, baby. All right, fellas. Appreciate you. See ya. Peace.